Hello everybody and you're welcome back to yet another episode of uh, Ireland's film and TV podcast uh, FNI Rap Chat on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Uh, I'm Paul Butler-Lennox, uh, I'm your host today. Uh, thanks a million, uh, you're all very sound for supporting the show and sharing and and uh, you know encouraging other people to listen to it. Um, you know, it, the podcast is a community-based uh, film specific podcast so uh you know you're we really appreciate you putting the word out there and um, we really enjoy the feedback and conversations that we meet uh, and p- conversations that we have and people that we meet when we're out and about at festivals and different bits and pieces so uh you make it what it is you also inform a lot of the guests uh, inform us as to the types of guests that you want us to bring on so we really appreciate that we also really appreciate our sponsors, uh, uh, Five Lambs Brewery, uh, who are really fantastic. And we have our networking event uh, coming up on the 28th of February in the uh, Five Lambs Brewery, brand new, 28th of February, uh, in the Five Lambs Brewery on Camden Street. And it's really spectacular. The facilities there are just out of this world. They've put a lot of money into it. It's in the Camden it says Camden outside, but it's on the on the fourth floor. It's really fantastic up there. So do try and come along. We do still have tickets. It's, you know, but they're really flying. So, you know, if you want to come, it's a pitching point and panel event. So we'll have a panel of industry people talking about their experiences, not just of the uh, uh, Focus Shorts Screen Ireland uh, initiative that will be coming up the following week, but also talking about their experiences, generally speaking, in filmmaking and uh, they're there to answer questions, not judge you. So leave any preconceptions you have about something like this at the door. Um, it's very much a community-based environment, and we're all there to help each other. So come along. There will also be some free beers for people who come along as well, of that lovely Five Lamps beer, that Dublin Five Lamps beer. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, coming up, we have a number of classes as well. Uh, in March, we have... Uh, uh, make a scene uh, with Liam uh, McAvoy, who who's going to be uh, getting lots of actors together to uh, show what they can do, and we'll stick it on on film for you, so you have some showreel scenes to stick out. We also have a number of interesting classes called uh, one one of which is called the Art of Voiceover with Roger Gregg that will happen uh, right here in the podcast studios on McGuinness Place, um, and all tickets to these events uh, are all available on Eventbrite. Um, yeah, so today we have um, a director and producer combo, double header, coming to you straight from, where are you from? Dan? Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. and uh, Well, I'm from Northern Ireland, just outside Belfast, Lurgan. Lurgan, yeah. So it's uh, coming together of minds and continents uh, today on a, uh, uh, Matthew has produced a really fantastic piece of work, uh, which will screen at the Virgin Media Dublin Film Festival, uh, uh, and who are you know they've been incredible with us uh, over the last couple of months in terms of support. We also had uh, uh, the festival programmer director uh, Grania Humphreys on at a previous episode, so check back in on that and have a listen. Uh, uh, so you'll have like two podcasts to listen to on this band. Uh, how are we doing today, lads? Really good. Thanks I'm for good, us Paul. On. Thanks for having us in. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, Tell us a little bit about how Street Leagues, uh, your doc, your your long form doc, came together. Well, um, so I 
had done some a girl approached me once Carly Hamilton and um, I had known her for a while um, she'd been talking about it, an organisation that she was a part of and she'd asked me would I come down and shoot some stuff about them and maybe shoot some testimonials mm-hmm. um, and she just approached me one day she, she rang me and said could you come down to Brown's and meet me and I said yeah I'll come down and said look I've got this idea for a documentary and I really would love like Bankhouse to work with this and, and do all this stuff and mm-hmm. she started telling me about the organisation and what they'd done and I was thinking we don't have the funding for this right now. I just came off the back of like a low budget feature. I was kind of burnt out a bit, but Mm -hmm. the more she spoke and the more she talked about it, I was getting more sucked into it and I was thinking, God, this sounds... Here we go again. Yeah, I'm like, oh my God, here I go again, right? So I was thinking, yeah, let's see. Like, I'll maybe I'll maybe put it out there and see if we can get some funding for it and see what it is. I said, look, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, I'm not promising anything. Let's Give me, like... And she goes, right, okay, I want you to come meet the board. So I went and met the board. And then um, after one com- one meeting with them, I was like, God, I have to do this. I didn't know how. I didn't know who with. I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my cameraman that I had been working with a long time at that time, mm-hmm. came down to the um, Street League's organization. And, and I shot a sizzle reel way before like, I'd even talked to Daniel about it or talked to anybody because I just wanted to get something on camera and see what it was like. Um, and we just shot a couple of interviews with people and cut it together into like a four minute piece. And then I, once we watched that, we were like, right, okay, we need to do there's something, something, there's something this. in yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Um, Daniel Holmes, uh, how did you get involved in this project? Yeah, well, I was living up in Belfast for a few years and Matthew and I worked together on a short film up there. Okay. I had moved to Dublin. I don't even think I finished packing my bag or unpacking before Matthew was like, I need you to come film this thing. Yeah, he's charming like that, isn't he? <laughs> Snake charmer. And um, I, so I went and I didn't really know much about it going in, but okay. it's just one of those, you're always kind of on the lookout for those those kind of things of just, there's so much energy, you know what I mean? There's so much positive energy. And I think, you know, what it's about is um, people who were, it's about the Homeless World Cup, this this documentary. Mm-hmm. And at the, my first day, was when a lot of the players were they were meeting the Lord Mayor at the Mansion House, and it was a real big turning point right. on that journey. And I was just talking to some of the players and just getting a feel for kind of where they came, how far they had come through this process, right. you know. And it was just so we were just I was just like, we, we need to make this happen no I, matter I did, what, because at that point it was still kind of up in the air yeah. mm-hmm. if we'd have the funding for me to go over to actually make the full documentary. Right. I, I actually hadn't told Daniel really too much about it because I wanted to see how his energy responded to it. Yeah. Because yeah. there was a couple of other people I spoke to before this and I just was seeing how, because I was so I, I was really cautious of the players and the people and I needed to, to be the to right keep, person. Yeah, you know? just to uphold the integrity of it and get a right fit between who's going to do it and, yeah. and, and the people as well so that they're all comfortable and it becomes better as a result. Totally, yeah. and we were running out of time all the time because <laughs> there was a date set that they had to fly. and, um, like, and a, it was like a football match. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I didn't say much and Daniel went in that night and then, you know. Right. You did respond really well, and I was like, "This is this is definitely the often a kind of objection, uh, you know, uh, uh, an objective eye, I guess, as well." I mean, would you be a big football and soccer fan? Not that you need to be, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I played like my, my whole life until I was probably eighteen. I stopped, but I played through my, in my high school and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I wouldn't, you know, this. I think the focus it was finding that balance between it. I didn't want it to be necessarily like a like a football yeah, film, like you a know soccer what I mean? film, exactly. Not, and yeah, I think. Yeah. That was one of like the big kind of um, challenges with this, is keeping it about the players who have just overcome these <sighs> insane odds to kind of you know achieve these things and kind of live through this experience now. Mm. And I didn't, you know, and that's been kind of the balance. You know, it's really about them and their personal journeys and everything. Yeah, it's um, it's a lot of things, but it's quite emotional to watch. Um, 
I think uh, it's, uh, number one, it's a very important film for people to watch because what it does show is that we're very, like in this country, as we've proved in terms of referendums and changing laws and various different bits and pieces and uprisings and, you know, and so on in terms of what we did with the water marches and everything else, um, as important, for example, as the water, the water scenario was that we had here, uh, because I don't know if you're aware about this, but there was water charges and there was, you know, the public here, um, you know, marched on the streets in order to 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 oppose that. Mm-hmm. What it does show is that this this country, this little island, when we all, uh, you know, band together for something. The community, like the community, is incredible in terms of turning things around and changing uh, public opinion about issues, social issues, whether it be uh, social justice and so on. And this is the next thing. Mm, yeah, this totally. is the next thing we need yeah. to fucking sort yeah. out. And this I, shows that what mm, we're capable of when we work together. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, the the organisation Street Leagues is. Whenever I sort of got into it and had a look and seen how much people had helped, and I was thinking, whenever I met Sean Kavner, who was a, who founded the organisation, mm-hmm. um, who also brought um, the big issue to Dublin, yeah. um, Sean is like just an amazing person. He just is all about the players and all about what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. And you know, I that so once I'd got that sort of out of the way, and then one whenever I was hearing the feedback from Daniel from like the interviews that were happening, he was like, "Oh my god." just came out of an interview there and it was like, it was so good. You know, we, we started to see how strong this organisation was and keeping people on the straight and narrow, giving them something to work towards, mm-hmm. like getting to the World Cup. Empowering them, yeah, yeah. Oh, just like, I mean, Sean, as you, you've seen in the documentary, he's just an amazing person. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- like, I think one of you know, the things that I was thinking about the other day is that one of the things that makes the organisation so impressive is on the note of what you were saying, was like there's this almost kind of like social vigilantism aspect to it. You know what I mean? Like taking mm-hmm. matters into their own hands because the government isn't no, We're really good at that here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, I, I just yeah. love that about it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Oil sorted. Kind yeah. of attitude. Oil sorted. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's an important piece of work, but it's also quite relevant as well. I mean, you've been, Matt, you've been on this for a while, though, haven't you? Yeah, so whenever I first started, oh, it's been years. So when did you move to Dublin? I had 2017. Sh- yeah, so I had shot that, like, when it started 20, 2017, do you know? We had, we had, first of all, had the meeting about it. Yeah. I met the guys. It was actually, it, just, it was 2016 at the end of the year, actually. Um, and I had shot the teaser around November that time. And then okay. it wasn't until the next year that we looked at it. And then we just had to work really, really fast. Yeah, to take, get over. take note, folks. It takes a long time to make yeah. a film. And do you wonder what it was like? And even take note on this if you're a filmmaker and you're out there and you're trying to get funding. Mm. What I focused on and what I have focused on a lot of my business and the various different businesses I've had over the years, I just look at what I have to do next. What is the next step? So I was like, right, okay, what do we need? I need to see a scissor reel to see what this is like so I can get someone attached to it. Yeah. Um, and then just like building finance the same way, I was just like, how much do we need next? Like, as Daniel did say, it was right down to the wire whether we could go to the organization. We hadn't even got enough money to send me. I couldn't even go, mm. you know, and that's where it was at. But you went, you can sort of talk about whenever you went over <laughs> there. It was Yeah, well, I mean, that kind of being literally a one-man crew out there had a lot of very practical challenges. So you shot a lot of that, you shot it all, most of it yourself, did you? All of the, everything in Norway was completely, I was, I was the only person there. So sound, shooting, all the, you know, that, you know there was a variety of challenges yeah, yeah. that came with that. But ultimately, what we sacrificed in those elements, I think, I think if we had a lot of people there, it would have thrown the players off. Yeah. And I think it would have 
honestly potentially jeopardized their experience and made them uncomfortable. Yeah, which I yeah. think would have been quite sad to be honest. You know what I mean? So I, ultimately, I, I think it ended up working in everyone's best interest for me to just integrate myself into the experience as smoothly as possible yeah. in a way that would have been impossible. Be a fly on the wall. Exactly. And I developed relationships with all the players and everything. And I just, I just really wanted to put them at ease quite quickly so that they weren't, because to, the, to their credit, you know, they didn't necessarily sign up Mm-hmm. to be the subjects of this documentary. They must they be crazy mm-hmm. excited about Well, it, now so. they're really excited, yeah, yeah. for sure. But <laughs> it, it, when it, they've seen people there with cameras, yeah. and whenever we were in Dublin, we had more people here. So I would have had, you know, would have been shooting on different cameras. We would have had someone there for sound and lights. Everything was really intimidating at the start, to be honest. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, even whenever whenever Daniel did go over by himself, we, I, we didn't know it at the time, but it definitely was a blessing because, yeah. you know, yeah, you're... Definitely. You're like mates with them now, like bumping into in Temple Bar, you know, seeing the guys all around, and we're going out with them as well while you were there. Yeah, there was there was an an intimate relationship there that wouldn't have existed if there was if a it crew. was t- if it was too you know Hollywood lights. A- even all if that I was there, stuff. Yeah, even yeah. if I was there, because we probably would have been going for dinner at nighttime separately, whereas Daniel was left to do his own thing, do you know. And and I do think that at the time we were like, how is this going to happen? Yeah, but we just knew we had to. And you, 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 how did you get funding? You, you did get some money up for it. Or so you we were funded in some capacity, were you? We, we actually, so what I, I paid, my company, Bankhouse, paid for it. Um, and we also got some money off Street Leaks as well. Like okay. Sean, um, well, Sean personally, not, he became like an executive producer and helped us out like with money to get the next stage. And then we end up bringing on an executive producer later and we got different, different rounds of funding. Po- pockets of funding. Yeah. yeah, all over the place. And even right up until now, you know, we're, we have to get DCP and all those different things. It never ba- ends, huh? Oh no, totally. Bankhouse has took all that, that cost on as well, but we we don't care. We've always done it like that. If I had have went to get funding, for example, from you know any other organisation, it was going to slow things down. We did not you have, have to time. Keep moving, yeah. And I was thinking, how much do we need to get this next part done? And I was like, mm. well, that's actually achievable. We can do that. And then we just done that. And then we're like, I'll think about it later. I'll worry about it later. I'm I'm imagining that having the fiddler. Uh, involved in, in, in some capacity in the film maybe might have helped a little bit in terms of getting uh, hooking some funding. I know he's an ambassador for that organisation, yeah. but um, did that help or was that a, it, a help or a hindrance? Well, definitely not a hindrance, 100% yeah. a help. You know, Colin um, Farrell, who features in the documentary and who is an ambassador of the Homeless World Cup and a patron of Ireland, has done yeah. so much for the organisation. You know, and if it wasn't for Carly Hamilton, we wouldn't even have got to film with him. It was turned out I was in L.A. at the time. Uh, oh, you were there? Yeah, okay. I was in L.A. and I ended up uh, shooting. We shot the interview with Colin before we knew the documentary was even really happening. Yeah. You know, we knew we knew it was going to happen, but I wasn't sure. Daniel, let's know. get him while we have him kind of thing. Well, yeah. kind of, he just said, like, what What do you want me to do? And I said, well, yeah. I'm in L.A. at the minute. And he's like, well, let's meet. So we went to his house and that was it. Um, had a good chat, went through everything. Uh, and, you know, it it definitely helped after, like, picking up some funding to get it to get it to the next stage. Of course, you need you to, know? you know, whatever it takes to get where yeah. you want to go, right? I mean, obviously the issue, yeah. the, like the overriding social issue and the, the narrative of, of, of the film sh- yeah. should be enough, but mm-hmm. it's not always, right? I understand that as a producer though, yeah. totally. I understand like having cast in there that are going to bring in sales, that are going to get it distributed. Yeah. It's 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 vital, you know, and it, I think it is, if you want to really you know, the, because there's so many things that are really well written and really well shot, mm-hmm. and this they get overlooked for something that has you know a name, talent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ta- and I mean name, talent, not they but, talent. But nice when you have a nice marriage of you know an incredible subject matter and also this extra element that helps in terms of distribution and stuff mm-hmm. like that in in the future. Um, 
you're going to the Virgin Media Dublin Film Festival. Hooray! Very exciting. <laughs> yeah, Tell us good. about that. What's happening there? Yeah, so our screening is February 29th um, at Cineworld. And um, yeah, we actually ended up seeing 1917 in the screen. That It's at the, it's at the IMAX screen at Cineworld, so we were both like... Did you walk in and go... I think we need a bigger screen, lads. That's not for us. <laughs> I walked in and said, "Are you sure this is that?" This yeah, is I think this one? is this is huge. It is massive. Yeah. It is huge. I hadn't been in it yet. Yeah, and it was really big. And we've also um, so it's on leap year, twenty ninth February, and um, it's at six o'clock. And we've also been nominated for a human rights award within in the festival. Yeah, yeah, proper order. And I think you know being being able to debut it on a screen that big to this crowd and ha- having the players in attendance, I think it's going to be extra gratifying it's gonna be like a because party, of right? how oh, it's gonna just be a party. Of, but just how like um Full how kind of lo-fi so many of the elements were mm-hmm. to actually get it made you know what i mean like yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. it's kind of incredible and um I'm, I'm just extra proud of it for that reason yeah. and so you should be i think it's a, i obviously watched it previously and i think it's um it's not see uh, more often than not when uh, there's a documentary about these things it can be a little bit they're not always the most entertaining or gripping, you know, films because they they have an axe to grind a bit narratively in terms of a social issue. They become more like prime time. Yeah, they become more yeah. kind of copy and paste mm. kind of social issue stuff, and it's it can be hard to watch. But what's interesting about this, uh, from my perspective, is I number one, I really enjoyed it because it, what it does is that it humanizes people that are coming from, you know, in, incredibly difficult, some uh, dysfunctional scenarios who are turning their lives around. And they're really, really entertaining to watch. Mm. They're like, and they're lovely people. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that's what we need to do. And more of these type of movies need to, you know, humanize these people and show that that's somebody's brother, that could be my brother, yeah, could be exactly. your sister, your it's, cousin, Look, whatever. I mean, it's very easy for any of us to fall at the other side, become addicted mm. to drugs, become addicted to alcohol. Mm. You know, I have been off alcohol myself personally for three and a half years now. You know, mm. I, I it took me a couple of years to get off it. Mm. And then I stopped, you know, and I was very lucky as well that, you know, I was able to keep my job and do all that while I was drinking so much as what I was. You mm. know, I don't think even a lot of people around me at the time realized, you know, but mm-hmm. it wasn't until I stopped and I had to like draw a line under it because my I had health issues and was able to then excel and move forward again yeah it's yeah. still everybody i have to say like i've maybe maybe four four or five mates over the last 10 years anyway who have cut out alcohol particularly from their lives and their productivity and success as a result of that has skyrocketed yeah like i, I look i wouldn't say that it, it's a great inhibitor or you know or it, sorry takes away your inhibitions or whatever but the general consensus I hear is that it just gives you great focus. Mm. It's it's for me. It's personally I'm not like dealing emotionally. You know, alcohol yeah. leaves people feel. The, you don't. I I felt that the decisions I was making whenever I w- with business whenever I was drinking mm-hmm. were not decisions that I would make right now. What ne- what ne- necessarily rational decisions or yeah, productive that, decisions? Yeah, yeah, they're maybe not productive. You maybe end up, you know, not you know, jumping into a project. Maybe that you know it's not the right project for you or you end up you know there's various different things that can happen I just think that once I have like full clarity and a good night's sleep (laughs) you know and a nice (laughs) breakfast you can make a much clearer decision and working as a producer we are flat out all the time like Mm. even today whenever you told me about the date I thought we missed 
your five lamps event. Oh, yeah, I thought yeah. it was Friday because I've got so many dates and times and things in my head. I don't know how I could drink now. Yeah, yeah. You know, and a lot of the people that are going through, like that are in street leagues and coming through it, like a lot of people all over the world, it's a daily battle, yeah. you know, to yeah, sort of yeah. do it. And it's, it's having, you know, it's seeing everybody around that's homeless at the minute and things like that. It's, I do think that you are right. Everybody's human. Everybody's got a mother, a brother, a sister. We're all the same, mm-hmm. you know, and we all are dealing with different things every day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so how long, like, so it's been, what, so it's, you started kind of, or at least the idea came to you uh, at the end of 16, you said? Yeah, the end of 2016, So yeah. that's four years to now. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, even being screened as one thing, but being nominated mm-hmm. for the award as well is mm-hmm. overwhelmingly yeah. positive. Um, what uh, What tips would you give um, up-and-coming filmmakers about uh, staying the course with something if you believe in it? I mean, in this case, you just always need to remind yourself of that first kind of spark of energy that got you so invested into it. You yeah. know, and I think with like because in the time that we made this, like we we like, you know, wrote, directed and released a feature drama in cinemas like in the time that it took yeah. Yeah. from shooting this. And we needed the time to actually pick up with the players like a year later, you know, see how they were doing. So that's ultimately the big success. You know what I mean? Like the stakes of the tournament and all that is great. Yeah. But it's where they go from there that is really like the where the transformations happen. So we, we always knew we needed that gap anyways. Yeah. But we, you know, when I, whenever I'd go back in, I would, you just got to get back to that place. And it can be very, very hard to um, to remember, to, to kind of stay focused on, on what motivated you. Because other projects come in, real life things happen, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then you just get distracted, your energy, you get strained. And then, you know, I think it's, it's kind of that, like you can end up just like great things can slip through the cracks really easily. Yeah. Unless you just um, are able to kind of get back into that head. So space, set like know? an alarms on your phone to remind you how <laughs> great it is. <laughs> I t- I whatever you, you got to do. Yeah, yeah. No, you gotta I, do. I guess it is, isn't it? It's trying to find a strategy to remind yourself. Yeah, because there are some like that. Cause I also edited it, and there were some really, there were some big challenges editing it. To be honest, you know, because there's a lot of different stories, like like character, like there's there's a balance. Yeah, who who do we focus on? Exactly. Who's the protagonist here? Because yeah. it happens yeah. organically. Because you know? their their real lives were changing in real life yeah. as we were editing. Things were happening. You know that, you know, isn't in the movie that you know that, and people won't know about it. That's the thing that real life is changing all the time. I will give like directors one tip, <laughs> sort of. Go on, yeah. Da- like Daniel really did, you know, we, as he said, like we did have other projects going at the same time. We released two features, a feature length documentary and a feature length movie that went to cinemas and have been premiered and all that stuff in the middle. Right. But what I think Daniel done really well was didn't really give in to pressure from me from the organization asking where's the piece of stuff from executive producers that invested money saying what's going on with that. Mm-hmm. Because even whenever I used to come to him, he, he didn't let the project like de- 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 deteriorate in any way. Like he, he, he fought for it. Oh, completely. Like, yeah. and there's times we had, <laughs> I was like, what is going on with this? I like, <laughs> yeah. I, cause I was getting it in the year. I'm yeah, getting, yeah. you know, well, I'm, that, that's your job. I'm being a producer. Really... I'm thinking like, right. Okay. Because I have plans. I'm like, right. Okay. I'm talking to this person about it. I'm talking to this person about it. There was people funding us for next projects on the basis of this one. And I'm like, what is going on with this project? And we had various different discussions, <laughs> but fair play to him as a director. And I think that is one thing that directors should do if, if they really feel that they need that extra time. Like we've proved that we had done stuff in a much shorter space of time. Mm-hmm. And if some projects just need that room to breathe and it's not sitting right there at that time, mm-hmm. don't 
give up on it and don't just rush it through because a producer mm -hmm. like myself or anybody else is screaming down your neck. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Yeah, well, that, I suppose that has a lot to do with the individual as well, you know, their own presence mm -hmm. of mind and mm -hmm. and uh, constitution. Um, we had uh, a direct feature doc director, obviously, writer and, and, and he works in uh, episodic TV and so on. Paul Dwan was on okay. with us there recently and a similar thing came up. I mean, he'd worked on something for like three and a half years and then the arse fell out of it altogether. Mm. Yeah. Um, do, you ha do you have to prepare yourself for something like that? Well, I, the way that I sign contracts, especially with executive producers or something like that, right now where I'm at at the minute, if I'm, I've worked with the people before, they've funded stuff with us before, <coughs> I personally guarantee the money back. Yeah. If it doesn't happen, so like you'll, you'll cover that. Oh, 100% Bankhouse mm -hmm. would 100% cover it. Yeah, and that's that's a contract that one that I chose to do myself at that time, but it was probably the only one that we could do. Yeah, do you know what I mean? For people to totally trust in it. Well, it's a lovely like, safeguard, but it also shows that you're very confident, confident in your own ability and in the projects, which is yeah. important. So, you know, you hope to never have to do that. Yeah, and <laughs> obviously. I think, I, I, look, I mean, I think the contracts, as they're going, as we have actually done contracts for other projects, they yeah. haven't been like that because the money's been coming from a different place and the way it's been funded, it, they don't expect that. Yeah. But with this, because we had to make decisions right in the moment, because we needed like a block of money to get to the next stage, mm -hmm. that's the deals that I had to make at that time. So, yeah, there was a bit of pressure on me at some times when I was thinking, are we going to get this finished? Because how many hours was there of footage? 60 maybe. Do you know, so 60 hours of footage. And we'd done another documentary as well. It had like 27, 28 hours of footage. And that was a beast. And then this one, I only found out I didn't realize it had so much footage. And I was thinking, oh, my God. Mm. Yeah. But um, that was I mean, the, the whole time we were in there was like, you know, 10 days of filming nonstop mm -hmm. just at the turn. So I don't want to miss a moment, you know, mm -hmm. especially when you're just one person racing around like i remember you know, there were times where i did not even know that i had everything that, that i that i needed you know yeah, I mean? so yeah. just one camera you know and that was and it's being so like like you know overwhelmed with joy when i'd be in the editing room and actually everything made sense you know yeah, because yeah, in yeah. the moment you just don't know if you got everything because your mind's just in a hundred different well, directions that's why you just you keep know? shooting absolutely anything exactly that moves, right? exactly but then i that and that just leads to 60 hours of footage. <laughs> but, <laughs> so who's yeah. editing this? Oh, me. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. But, uh, yeah, but worth the effort, right? But then, look where you are yeah. with, with it now. Like, and who knows where it's going to go afterwards. Uh, can you, do you know anything about it afterwards? Um, well, we, the, we, we, will, we, don't, we don't know just yet. We'll have to see. There's a few different festivals that we're doing and we're looking at it possibly for distribution as well. So Lovely. there's, there's, lo there, there's um, I have no fear of it at mm -hmm. all, to be honest. Um, and I haven't since I watched it. Um, I actually... I have this thing where, like, if someone every time someone sends me one of the screeners of the movies, um, mm -hmm. I always send it to my dad first. I was like, forward it to him. He's the litmus test, is he? Well, for stuff? I just he's so he loves watching that's everything. Great, son. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. You'll, you'll meet him on the night. I'll introduce you to him. <laughs> but um, he ended up. Um, I send everything to my dad because he loves watching it, and I always yeah. think like. You know, I don't want him to miss anything like that. So I sent it to him. Daniel sent it to me. I Great objective eyes, like a, like, and they're the audience, you know. So yeah. he rings me and mm. says, "Oh my God, this is like Matthew. I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. I thought, and he just was going off on one. And I was thinking, I said, Dad, I haven't even watched it yet. <laughs> I hadn't even watched it because I just yeah. forwarded it directly to him. But at at that point, you're just, I, I I knew from the moment that I watched it, I was thinking, right, okay, this is brilliant. And I th I thought that. It's going to do well, but I also thought it'll be really good piece to show filmmakers that yes, if you've got a camera and you're by yourself you and you've got a producer, you can you can do it. You know, mm -hmm. okay, it takes you a bit longer, but a lot of the stuff here, as Daniel said, was their stories were evolving and need to hear what happened after. Yeah, you know. 
Mm. It's great that you kind of follow them for a couple of years as well. Bits, you know, over yeah. the course of you know an extended period of time. Um, what is the biggest takeaway from the whole experience for both of you? What have you learned? I kind of alluded to this earlier, but I think, you know, this in the sense that you don't, if as long as the material is there and you have extremely mm -hmm. interesting subjects, you know, that are very open with their with their experiences and their time, like you know, you don't need to have the most the best newest camera to make stuff. You know what I mean? You don't. Mm -hmm. You can just you know just about. Um, just There's no excuse anymore, is there? Exactly. You know, so no, I'm, not, I'm waiting for that to be, you yeah. know, you know, or that's a heavy camera. Or, like, there's no yeah. excuse. And Just one of the things it. with this was like, you know, we, because we had we had to pack really really light with everything, and we had, we had these LED lights mm. that started malfunctioning literally on the one window of time that we had to do all the interviews. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> I remember just like opening up those project files and just being so demoralized by how, you know, by what I had in my head of how they would look and what the reality was because of this technical difficulty we were facing. Yeah. But everybody who saw that version of the film, like nobody, nobody says anything about like, nobody. Oh, but that, that's really badly. They don't care. You know, exactly. And I was care. like, and that I, yeah. I needed that lesson, you know, yeah. more than anybody at that most. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, the, we're all it, guilty of it. With documentary. What I love about it as well is, the, you know, they are a bit more forgiven if the story's there. Mm -hmm. On like, the, you know, as long as you've got good sound and, you know, they can be forgiven. Yeah, and this comes up all the time. Good yeah. sound, good sound, good sound, oh, good yeah. sound. You can get away with a shaky image. Yeah. And you will learn the hard way. Yeah. So if you take anything from this podcast, whoever's listening, make sure you record oh, the sound. Oh, that's it. Sound. Like, I mean, if you have good sound and also um, John Phillipson, who graded it as flipping brilliant whenever yeah, we yeah. look at the yeah, before and yeah. after we're like <gasps> he saved a lot of those yeah yeah <laughs> dodgy yeah, yeah. shots for sure it was funny the biggest I thing mean when you're doing everything yourself as mm. well I mean you're not like there are going to be occasional shots that are a little bit uh, not out of focus but you know a little bit overexposed and you might need to just you know you need someone to polish them properly yeah yeah 100% and I think in this case it was like you know and actually utilising though trying to make those look like stylistic choices and did you shoot on that. the same camera all, all along or different it was 50-50 between um, Sony A7S and yeah. a Canon C300 and FS7 for a bit we actually I shot some of the oh, stuff yeah, there was some of the FS7 yeah. um, mm. yep and then also um, but we had like Pat O'Connor scored it yeah, but uh, we were both like big fans of Pat. Yeah. Yes, big shout out to Pat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Pat's incredible. He, he, he wrote the team for this Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. He's also scored some bits I've done as well. So good. Amazing. Right? Hiram, Pat, Pat O'Connor. Everybody. Patrick, oh my God. Patrick, uh, Patrick O'Connor, composer. He's, he's one of the, he's the best that I've ever seen in Ireland. Oh, this is the, the speed, like mm. his, his attention to detail, everything he's like. Yeah, it's yeah. our third time working with him on this project. Yeah, and his his patience and his he's just so amazing to work with. Mm. And I, can't I absolutely speak agree. I mean, when I do when I've dealt with him, it's like I tell him exactly what I want. He goes off, he writes it. I give him one note, he comes back, and then we're ready to go. Yeah, yeah. It, like, no, the shorthand is incredible. Yeah. He has yeah. such a musical yeah. ear, and he's he's brilliant. And check, check him out. Equipment. Wide variety of styles as well that he's capable of. Yeah, yeah orchestral, very subtly, kind yeah. of minimalist piano, whatever you need, strings, the whole lot. I mean, it's only a matter of time. He's already scoring big stuff, but it's only yeah. a matter of time before he goes. Yeah, we um in the middle of this project, we had done another movie called Dive. It was la it was in March two thousand eighteen, and from the day that we turned on the cameras um till the day that we released in cinemas nationwide, like for a two week cinema run premiere, everything was sixty six days mm -hmm. from pretty much turning on the camera, shooting everything, 
selling it in the cinemas. We sold it in on a one-man trailer. Um, yeah. And then Pat ended up, and, and it was 66 days from that day till the premiere, and then ran for two weeks. And Pat, at that point, was just working around the clock on all the projects, yeah. the three projects. Well, so that is know. definitely something that I just think he's, he's amazing. He is a composing machine. Mm. And then Mark, <laughs> for the mix as well. Oh, yeah. And shout out Mark Murphy, who did our mix. He did a really good job. Um, yeah, he's yeah. brilliant as well. I was really, really happy with that as well. Lovely. I'm delighted. Yeah, it was great. It's great when everything, you know, everybody's pulling in the same direction and it just yeah. works and clicks. Uh, we don't know much about you here, so I'm going to mm. ask you a little bit about your background. Yeah. Uh, you're from Chicago? Yeah. Uh, Chai Town. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, what your background is and how you kind of, I suppose, obviously you ended up in Belfast first, but yeah. you can tell us a little bit about... Yo, my my dad's from Belfast. Um, I went to... I see, you're one of us. It doesn't matter. We're moving on. <laughs> 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 go on, go on. Yeah, like, about two weeks after I finished film school, which is in Chicago, I yeah. got the opportunity to work on a film called Good Vibrations. Um, okay. with It was about um, a guy named Terry Hooley who founded a record shop mm-hmm. in the middle, in Belfast, in the middle of the Troubles. And that was, was with a screening um, two nights ago in the Sugar Club, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. 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 So I worked. I was the assistant to directors uh, Lisa Barthesa and Glenn Laburn. They just released um, "Ordinary Love," mm-hmm. which was amazing. And um, yeah, Colin, who uh, does our "Get It Made" series of screenwriting classes, was a script consultant on that yeah, as well. That's so well I, I met Colin through them years ago yeah, at some yeah. film festival, about five or six years ago. But um, through that experience, like I mean, literally the past seven years of my life kind of snowballed out of that because once I was in Northern Ireland, I was made aware how I could apply for film grants up there through mm-hmm. my like citizenship that I got through my dad. They're handy, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> don't get those in the, don't get those in Chicago. Ah uh, no, I do, I, what I'd give to have like, like an American passport. Despite what's going on over there at the moment. <clears throat> yeah, so I made my first two short films through through NI Screen. Um mm-hmm. started I don't know. I just I I was able to get some experience working on Game of Thrones and kind well, of just ma- do yeah. things in my career that it just wouldn't have happened as quickly if I was in America still, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Matthew and I met on my f- second short film, and yeah, and then Static. It was starring Jerry McSorley and Martin McCann. Yeah. Oh, lovely Marty, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and done done well, and uh, yeah, and I'd watched the first one as well that you done, which was the yeah, the light of my eyes, eyes. and you did a Harry like a Harry Redknapp and tapped him up. You're like I well, want that. I want that kid to work for me. It's so weirdly. Then it was a, it was a year later. It took us a year to do that short. Um, for the NI screen one. Weirdly, it, sh- it took us a year to do a short, and we parred through loads of other stuff in the in the shortest yeah, time. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until we were down in Belfast one day and we were watching it. And I don't know. I dropped Daniel. We hadn't really got to know each other really well at that point. But mm-hmm. I was dropping him to the bus. Yeah. Um, and we missed it by five minutes. And I just said, look, I'll go in and have coffee with you. So we had just in the the bar, the coffee shop, just at the bus stop, mm-hmm. and we chatted for about. 50, 55 minutes and I was actually working on this other project and we had so much in common I was like Jesus, this could be great so I had this other project that was supposed to happen you, mm. you were supposed to miss that bus I, yeah. I drove him to, <laughs> I drove to Belfast I think about five days later with like four hard drives I was like here's the other documentary can Let, you start this and he go. started and that was it then you know he moved yeah, to Dublin yeah. a couple of months later he's never looked back <laughs> um, what's the what, have you anything else coming up anything exciting coming up new projects that you can talk of yeah, or nothing too concrete basis. just yet. Nothing too concrete. Someone has approached us about another human rights um, project, mm-hmm. which it's in the states. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm going for my visa application form meeting tomorrow morning. Lovely. Um, 
it's well, a good job you won't be drinking tonight, so you'll be yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I'll be okay. I'll be able to go in clear head. <laughs> um, but that that looks quite promising. But if anything does, we'll come back on and talk about that because it's it it will be a brilliant project as well. So yeah, and it's yeah. also got um an opportunity for a big bit of funding as well. So we'll be Lovely. able to put good time into it and a nice career around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm looking forward to just but after we had done that di- shot dive um in, sh- in such a short space of time. I had PTSD. I'm not going to lie. I was. Yeah, yeah. I had like to take a step back. Intense experience. Yeah, <laughs> I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's just even based on some of the things we were working on before Christmas and all. It's it's heavy. It's heavy going. You know. It's it and also like with the homeless, the, like dealing with these yeah. things on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, as wonderful as it is to contribute and try and make some change. Yeah. It's you know it's hard. For for me, why I had to sort of take a step back a bit was just. That was such a short, fast, intense pay- time, and it was mm-hmm. just like having to raise a lot of money for it, having to deal with it after, having to deal with paying such a massive big crew and everything. Yeah, yeah. So I just, and again, we weren't funded for that either. That ended up doing well as well. But mm-hmm. we had chose again to set ourselves a goal of of having it out before the referendum of um, pro choice. Yeah, yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. we we done it. We hit the deadline that we wanted to do. But I had to take a step back and was like, okay. Yeah. I need a bit of time. Well, we have to look after ourselves, don't we? Oh, completely, yeah. I mean, uh, one of the elements that pops up a lot, and we actually had like a, mi- a mindfulness episode uh, a little while back where we, there's a film, what they have in the UK, which they don't have here, is something called the Film and Television Charity that was formerly the Benevolent Fund. So basically, there's money there and services and free counsellors and free psychiatrists and a whole team of people helping people whose lives fall apart or things don't happen in the way that they should in terms of their career so for example you know you're a freelancer you're whatever dop whatever art director whatever it is no work comes in for six months there's that lovely safety net altruistically but also quite Uh, physically and financially as well we need that we also had some coaches mindfulness coaches and Hmm. cbt coaches and And elements exploring that because what we don't talk about in in film is like you you have to do a fourteen hour day and it doesn't matter if your life is falling apart in between it but yeah. you know we need to look after each other we're a community and we need to be good to each other um yeah so uh, I'm personally really looking forward to seeing it on the big screen um incidentally uh, tickets are available on the the Diff Virgin website, Diff yep. website yeah Virgin Media Dublin Film Festival they have to mention brilliant thanks Paul thanks for having us in.